There it is now. Yes. All right. Uh, okay. Well, we got to get right into it. We had a lot of stuff to re- we have a lot of stuff to cover today. It's a big. It's a big show. It's the big show. Okay, everything is seems to be recording. We're streaming. Do you hear from Brother Bill uh, very often? Uh, yeah, I did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I sent him. Every so often, those guys, I just send a little text saying, how are you doing? How yeah. are things going? And uh, I heard back from him. And funny you you say that because another cohort of ours, um, Phil Evans. Captain Phil. Uh, texted me last night, as a matter of fact, and said, listening to number one of 97 podcast, and I agree with you, religious play-by-play is one of the funniest bits ever. Well-written, well-acted, and some fantastic lines. <laughs> Love to all, FP. Wasn't well, that nice? Brother Bill, uh, I, I, for some reason, his email signature says NTM. It always comes up that, and I have no idea. I guess it's Neil Morrison. Is that his real name? Yes. So I guess that's what it is, NTM. He goes, hi, Howard. Just listened to the show and heard two things. This is yesterday's show. A Chinkuzi Park reference, <laughs> which I forgot. Yeah. Because I had mentioned right. that you were just running around Chinkuzi Park. He said, uh, I was listening to this uh, through my earbuds walking beside the Pacific Ocean. Made me laugh so loud I scared people. Uh, he goes on to say, I was exposed to COVID. My girlfriend, like Dan's girlfriend, he was cool. Dan, how about that yesterday? Dan announces his girlfriend. Uh, Bill says, like uh, Dan, uh, I, I was also positive. My girlfriend, like Dan's, was also positive. Sorry. We lived together. I took a rapid test after she tested positive and came back negative. Uh, how we played it was she lived uh, in the isolation for seven days. Uh, it's now five here after I tested negative. I self-monitored and lived the way I always have. Uh, Happy New Year, my friend. All the best to you, f- to you and Freddie and Dan. And then he said something in his signature that I am stealing. We're going to steal. And this is the point of uh, my opening essay. He says, Humble and Fred, number one in brackets podcast in 2027. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, Bill. See, right now. See, it works out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I get too excited there for you? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking I'll be in my 70th. I'm not sure that's going to happen. No, but anyway. Tw- no, what is it? 2022. It's only five. Oh, yeah, you will be in your 70s. Yeah. So right, right now we're somewhere in the top 200. I haven't checked in the last couple of days on right. Apple iTunes. I mean, that's against everyone who does podcasts, including Americans. As far as Canadian podcast goes, we're somewhere in the top 10 or 15. But that's what we should start doing. Humble and Fred, number one in 27. <laughs> so we're going to be the number one podcast on Apple iTunes by 2027, or one of us will be dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, what are the better- bo- hey, Bodog Boy, what are the, what are the odds on that? Yeah. I bet there's a better chance of that. Can you imagine? <laughs> one of us being dead than being number one in a sea of four billion podcasts. <laughs> number one in 27. As soon as I saw that, I said, Bill, I'm taking that. Uh-huh. Um, do you want to get to the fart story? Because I, I, uh, yeah. we've, we've got so many people have. Oh, should we start the show? I guess we've done enough. Just, just one other thing. Because yeah. I had said. Neil Morris and Brother Bill a note just saying, hey, how you doing? And he gave me an update. He's working at a liquor store. He said he's actually enjoying it. Might have a couple of radio 
opportunities and uh, uh, he said how about you I said all good glad to hear uh, you're well just like to check on you guys from time to time. He goes, thanks, buddy. Means a lot. Let's golf when I finally get back out there. Have to wait for mum to go, so who knows how long that'll be. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I wonder, isn't that great? I'm making plans to come uh, east again uh, as soon as my mum passes. Uh, I know. I laughed at that. Anyway, Brother yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Start what? the show, and then we'll do farts, of course. <laughs> Should we? I don't know. I never know whether to do farts first and start the show. All right. Let me see if I can get this right today. With I'm still, I'm still not comfortable with how this works. The following episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and serving over 20 million customers worldwide. And now, here are two men who have a combined 80 years of broadcast experience and are still trying to figure it out. It's Humble and Fred. Goddamn, yeah, it is. Humble and Fred here. Mike Zeisberger uh, made a nice appearance. I think his first one was uh, somewhere in the late fall there, and he's coming back today talking some sports. Got a lot of questions. Good Scarborough boy. Good Scarborough boy. Yeah. You're a good Scarborough boy. Um, Just before the show started, I talked about being on a call yesterday with the agency from GoDaddy.ca. You know, and, and it... Listen, every sponsor we have is we feel grateful to have them is no nothing is better than the other. And certainly, you know, the legacy clients that we have, Chambers Plan, Gig Sky and the Retirement Sherpa, these are people that have supported us for years. Mm-hmm. But when you get a client like GoDaddy or Manscaped or Noom, these are some of the clients you're going to be hearing from in this month. I don't know. It just seems, you know, it's good to be part of this uh, community that a company like GoDaddy is using to advertise. We're a small business there and they power small businesses and entrepreneurs. They've been doing it for over 25 years. They service 20 million customers, Freddie. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what that means? That's a lot. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website and everything else they need to get their business online. I was in a conversation with somebody who was prepping the show for an appearance by the president of GoDaddy. That's going to be next week. It's going to be interesting talking about this with them. There's no better time now than to get it on. There's no better time than now. (laughs) Maybe I won't send this read. There's no better time than now to get it online. You can find your your domain, create your website with GoDaddy, and finally bring it to life with GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support. They're also here to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free with GoDaddy today and try it out. Listen, it's something. Hey, it's a humble and Fred recommend. No credit cards even required, Fred man. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Just snuck that in. All right. Are you going to do one before farts? Well, let me uh, sneak this in as well. The Chamber Plan. Chamberplan.ca. If you have a small business, uh, you're considering a benefits package or 
even wondered about it, thought, is it possible to do it for my employees? Go to chamberplan.ca today. It's Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. You can get a free quote almost immediately. It's wonderful. And remember, there's different levels you can buy in at. So there is something for you. There is something affordable. Your employees will love you for it. Imagine that. All of a sudden, prescriptions, dental, uh, travel insurance, all uh, looked after. Again, at different levels, it depends on what you can afford. And, uh, you know, there's therapies and uh, the teledoc system, on and on and on. It's just a wonderful thing for small business to be able to even consider this. They make it possible at chamberplan.ca. All right. Well, you know, over the years, our reputation precedes us as, you know, I don't know why. I mean, it's not like... All we ever do is talk about farts, but every time there's a fart story, for some reason, mm-hmm. you and I seem to get flagged by our listeners yeah. and others. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Um, well, I'm not listen. complaining. I'm just saying it's not a, com- a completely a fair assessment of our uh, talent. I know, but if we've had a flaw... Um, as journalists over the years, yes. it's probably been with the follow-up story. Uh, you know, we <laughs> we present a story, and often there's follow-ups, and we don't see them, or we don't get to them, or whatever. And, you know, to maintain a status of, you know, bringing the information to you, mm. you should always be mindful of the follow-up. And there's a great follow-up with the fart story. There really is. The fart woman, I should say. Uh so what the original story was we she was uh, somebody I can't remember how it started but there was a, a, a TikTok video or whatever it was, right. she was claiming to sell farts she claimed yes. to make she made a hundred thousand dollars on her OnlyFans or her version of OnlyFans that's right selling farts in a jar yeah she had this idea and she was making like fifty grand a week or something. Uh, her name is uh, Steph Maddo. She's just 31 years old, apparently some with some reality show she's been on. But she had this idea, and listen, business was so good that she had to keep pumping out the farts, mm. so she changed her diet. She went to a real high-fiber diet, and this led to some problems. And one day she couldn't get her breath and she thought she was actually having a stroke or a heart attack. But as the doctor said to her in the hospital, it's like, you know, you can't change your diet like that. She says, uh, I remember with one day, within one day, I had about three protein shakes and a huge bowl of black bean soup. I could tell something wasn't right that evening when I was uh, lying in bed and I could feel pressure in my stomach uh, moving upward. And it scared her. And then she had added, like, uh, uh, these protein shakes because she discovered the farts smelled worse, which meant she was giving her customers a better product. Because mm. she'd fart in the jar and then cap it, the, you know, the worse they smell, the better the product. Excuse me, uh, Counselor. Yeah. Uh, did we ever establish, I think we did, actually, in our initial investigation, <laughs> that you, you can't really smell the fart in a jar, can you? No. Because and I said I had tried it before. Yeah, but, you know I, I didn't go to the lengths that this woman did. No, you, you just your I, everyday diet was producing enough fart. This is it. Yeah, um, like sulfur. Yeah, mine are more like sulfur as opposed to egg farts like her. Because that's the thing; she really upped her egg intake as well. Yeah. 
Anyway, it was just too much for her system. She ends up in the hospital, so she sort of had to retire from this. But, you know, the amazing thing through this to me, Howard, is that she was actually doing it. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And we've got the as part of our follow up, we have audio from this uh, person. But while you were describing her regime, I'm thinking, first of all, that's why I asked that question. We've established Uh that your your fart smell isn't going to transfer or last long enough for somebody to get it in the mail. So all these guys were paying all this money. Think about it. Think about it. All these men, I'm assuming. Maybe, okay, maybe maybe there's some women that enjoy a jar of fart. But there's all these people that are paying money. And she's going through all this trouble to do something. I mean, and that's where this starts to break down for me a bit. No, no, I get it. But like I would just assume she'd just get empty jars and mail them out. Mm-hmm. Like, Isn't that what she was doing? Without even farting in the jar, but exactly. we're led to believe here she was actually, actually doing it. Right. She she took on this diet to make her fart smell worse. Actually, <laughs> farting in a jar and capping them and, and mailing them, and I I think that's that's that shows a lot of integrity, actually. Okay, but it also shows that she's not the brightest bulb because did she not ever open one of the jars to see if there's still fart in it after a day? I don't know. Maybe it was just denial. She didn't want to do that to think she might be ripping somebody off. Well, why don't we but, listen? Do you want to listen to uh, our yeah. clown? Is Stephanie Maddo uh, rushed to hospital f- with fart pains. She was on a thing called 90 Day Fiance. For farting videos and fart scented underwear jars of farts for many months now ever since i launched my new what's the fart scented underwear what is that i don't know mine it says mine won't <laughs> arrive until the 14th <laughs> I imagine that you you could sell some of your fart scented underwear but all the, all the who's gonna buy that no but all the um the bottom of it's all rotted right. out uh-huh Platform. No, I'm tracking the underwear she sent me, and again, oh, it says good. the 14th. Okay, you know. fantastic. Unfiltered. Listen, that's a funny bit, but I know you well enough. You're not ordering fucking shit, <laughs> not ordering any shit through the mail. Which is a not safe for work friendly subscription site. Yeah, she started her own uh, thing, OnlyFans, but not, not OnlyFans, yeah. but her version of it. Yeah. Um, I've just been getting tons and tons of messages from my longtime fans, my most devoted fans, and pretty much they've told me that. Okay, this is the part where Fred and I were listening to this before the show. We both started laughing because it's like, what do you mean your longtime fans, your devoted fans? Who Maybe are those she's talking people? about the reality show and not since she's become a fartpreneur, as it says here. Because <laughs> I was laughing. I said to Fred, okay, so who's that guy? You know, I said, I like Tiger. I follow golf. Fred's, you know, into different sports. Who's the guy that's like, oh, no, no. I follow the 90 Day Fiance <laughs> star, Stephanie Matto. That's right. She's a fart seller. <laughs> that if I choose to sell this stuff, they're going to buy it and that there's like there's no price that they won't pay. So out of just sheer curiosity to see if they were being serious, I decided to release it. And as luck would have it, I sold out. So that's, I, I think this, this audio is her explaining her business plan. Yeah. That, that's, okay. yeah, that's her business model. That's she's, her business uh, model. She's quite, it's quite clever. Yeah. 
Okay, well, I, I don't know. Do you want to squeeze any more of that? Because I had a proposition for you. Sure. No, no. I think we've squeezed enough. <laughs> you <for> got that. <laughs> did you, did you want to talk some more? You know, can I be honest with you? I don't really understand Bitcoin. And the reason I mention it is because in thinking about number one and 27 and all the bits we used to do and maybe bringing back something, you know, because I really don't, the fact that I don't understand Bitcoin, let me just park that for a second. But what I think you and I should issue, <laughs> and I thought of this, by the way, I thought of this before I knew you were going to bring up the fart jar lady. But why don't you and I, in sort of the spirit of our stock that we released at one point or our sort of, you know, our beer, why don't you and I release Humble and Fred fart coin? Okay. And how would that work? I don't, it's, just, <laughs> it's just instead of it being a cryptocurrency it's a uh you know a, a currency of just farts you 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 have now you now own uh oh. i don't even know so that's what i'm saying you now own some humble and fred fart coin in the in the right. blocked in the in the blocked colon chain so, yeah. <laughs> so you would get like a, a, a some kind of a certificate so you get a certificate saying that you own some fart uh-huh. coin right inside the blocked colon chain thank you <laughs> and we would try to go like public so this could be an investment or not that far i don't know do do you understand i just saw a story this morning it said bitcoin went it might be going uh, lehman brothers those crooks uh, those people say that bitcoin is going to a hundred thousand dollars and i read it and i'm like i don't even know what this means Plus, I'm getting nervous. Should I have Bitcoin? I'm starting to see banks talk about them. And, you know, Mm -hmm. should I talk to my financial advisor, the retirement Sherpa? I know, Howard. I don't even like talking about Bitcoin because I go back to 2011, 2012, where we were aware of it. I forget why an interview we did or somebody talked about it and it was out there and at the time, it was very cheap. A couple of thousand bucks would have turned you into a millionaire. Multi many times yeah, over. Many times, yeah. Um, and like anything else, although you can't, yeah, you know, there's a million stories like that. But it's a bit frustrating. And uh, I remember after the wave, you know, once the problem with it is now you read something like that, it could go to a hundred thousand. You can buy in and then it drops a bit before it goes up and then you get nervous. And would you ever be able to make the type of money that was originally made? Probably not. I think now it's just become like any public purchase. It's is it a blue chip or not? You know, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like I've been reading a lot of stuff. Well, again, I'm being partly facetious because, you know, when you start seeing social media ads from banks, talking about their cryptocurrency department so there's that the bitcoin and i'm wondering am i too old do i need to understand this and then i start seeing even more stuff about these nfts we had alan cross on the show uh, explaining these non-fungible tokens and even having had him explain it to me i still don't understand it and i'm wondering like is this just one of those things that is going to happen to both of us and people our age as the next 20 years unfolds where we just kind of throw your arms up in the air and go, I don't know. I can't understand this. There is an idea. NFT, nice fartable tokens. Exactly. That's what we could do. 
nice fartable tokens. That's what we could do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we either and have you scratch and <laughs> scratch and sniff. <laughs> They're actual do. tokens. You scratch them and you sniff them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll let you run with that. So we've got fart coin and non and nice fartable tokens. This is exactly what we should be doing. Yeah, this is exactly why. Yeah, we're going to be no, number one in twenty seven. Now let's phone our advisors and have this conversation. Mm-hmm. No, I, I. But seriously, I don't understand Bitcoin. I don't know where it is. I don't know what do I. How do I do? What do I just buy it? And is it just does it just now live inside your portfolio? I mean, maybe there's people listening that think I'm stupid. I don't care. Did you, do you understand it exactly? No, I don't. I don't at all. And I've had conversations. You know, anything that volatile, you know, a, you know, a, a financial advisor, you know, they're a little, they're a little, you know, they're not, you know, it's tough to get them to buy in. Maybe if you want to do something on the side, but within your portfolio, uh, that has been my experience, and I understand that. Um, you know, a lot of the mar- marijuana stocks, uh, same thing. Yeah, it took a, it took a while before those were taken seriously. So, uh, this could be the same thing. But uh, but how it actually works? If I like, I couldn't sit here in the next five minutes and explain to you what it is. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, yeah, I mean. I've had this notion recently, I wanted to bring it up, not just about Bitcoin and not just about non-fartable tokens or whatever, but just the notion that, you know, us at 61 and 65 or 62 and soon to be 66 or whatever you're going to be, you know, we're in a different time. And I mean, let me start the sentence again. It's different for us at our age than it was for our parents at our age. Even though your mom was pretty savvy for an older woman, mm-hmm. but just mm-hmm. what we're doing and how we have kept sort of current and continue to do our jobs in a changing environment, all that's great for us. But I'll be honest with you, personally, there's going to come a time when I, I, I just I'm going to not give a shit to to stay current anymore. I mean, this this job aside, but I I just wonder like I'm should I have a conversation with somebody about this stuff? Like Well, sure. What what could that hurt? It couldn't hurt. I mean, what's a conversation? Just even to be educated. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody my age and you are quickly getting there. You know, your your mentality has to go from saving to spending. <laughs> you save all your life and then you accumulate, you know, a nest egg and then you have to think about dispersing it so the government doesn't take a ton of it. So maybe that's all part of uh, the uh, the future plan because, listen, if there's a civil war in the United States, which is actually a thing, could yeah. happen within the next decade, mm-hmm. who knows when it comes to currency? Yeah, I... And and the dollar and money and stuff like that. It it might be a, a haven, right? Well, and and just put that aside the, the the Bitcoin part of that conversation just briefly, because that article you sent me, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen a version of it. And what they're talking about is that by 2030, 2030, there could be basically a dictatorship, a dictator style regime in the states. It's not it's mm-hmm. not without. It's not beyond the realm of possibility. And, and I thought the same thing you just said. What does that do to me in 2030 when I'll be 70 years old? 
to what I have less left of my retirement nest egg because if they go into that kind of governance governance is that the word governance It'll, it's going to definitely affect everyone here as well and around the world but could really affect us sure it could you know uh that article you're referring to was you know a trump re-election in 2024 and then you know it's handed off once he dies to maybe a more moderate guy but still of a status that the united states has never had before in control beyond democracy as we know it which is a scary thought, but it could happen. And, I mean, they're heading right to it. You can see it. And it's just all the idiots down there that are letting it happen right before their eyes for whatever reason. There was a stat that came out yesterday. I was listening to CNN. And I went over to Fox, too, by the way, yesterday, just to kind of get a vibe of what they're doing. And uh, here's the number of Americans that say they would be willing to do violence, this isn't exactly word for word, but basically 30-some percent, 32, 33% of Americans asked, said they would be willing to engage in a violent, you know, uh, some kind of violence to defend their democracy, to defend their country. These are domestic people. This isn't going across the sea to engage in war with some obscure country that they've never heard of. This is their own country. They're saying 30 plus percent of Americans think violence is a has a place in politics now in 2022. Was that broken down on partisan lines? Well, of course, it's all it's all Republican. Yeah, but here's the thing. If the Republicans, a lot of those voting laws they brought in on some of the states and the next election happens and it's obvious that people were railroaded in those states and the Republican was elected almost unlawfully. You don't think Democrat Democrats, liberal thinking people wouldn't take up arms, back, take up arms, strike back. That's how civil wars happen. So that's the scary part of it. I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's one that right now it's a lot of yapping from the right against the left on how they stole an election. What happens when that flips? Which could very ha- much happen, very well happen in 2024. Then we got real problems. I don't know, man. I just want to go someplace warm. That's all I want to do now. Um, yesterday, you were mentioning uh, that you had a box full of CDs and that they were available. You said, what was the number on Amazon? Fifteen ninety nine. Yeah. Matt Shabble, I believe that's Matt Shabble mm-hmm. from Kitchener, says... Hey, guys, a bit late to the party, but I wanted to drop a line. I listened to the number one in 97 show pretty much first thing on New Year's Day, and it was fantastic. Took me back to my high school days, all that kind of good stuff. And he says, Fred, P.S., just an FYI, if you were to make any of the number one in 97 CDs available, I'd happy, I'd happily pay $15.99. I'll only stop collecting CDs when they stop manufacturing them. Cheers, says Matt. Yeah, I saw that. I got a. There was another one too that came through a week or so ago that I'll reach out to those guys today. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give them all away, obviously, but there might be room for a couple. Well, what I was gonna suggest is okay. Go ahead and deal with who you're dealing with. But as a Patreon of this yes. program, we should make those at least a couple available as a draw, maybe at the end of January. 
Well, maybe, yeah. Maybe I should hold them all back for that. I'm not making any promises to anyone. Well, thank you. You know, it's like a, you know, it's it's a very valuable commodity. You have to be very, very, you know, shrewd with how you handle it. Uh, Debbie Lynch says, hi, guys. Super news on Crave HBO on January 14th is the release of the new movie for Ray Donovan. It'll cover everything not shown on the missed eighth season. Get ready to enjoy. Happy New Year. Great. Thanks, Debbie. Couple things. Love Ray Donovan. Couldn't tell you what season I last stopped watching it, but I know it's way, it's, I'm way behind. Did you ever continue? I love Ray Donovan, but I honestly, it's one of those shows where I may have watched the first two or three seasons and I and lost track of it. I saw Ray to the end, yeah. You did? Liked it. Mm-hmm. And? Oh, yeah. Was Every good? last one. Loved it. Because what's-his-head is so good in it, even though he's a king-size asshole. What's his name? The guy that yeah, yeah, I know his dad. John Voight. John Voight. Yeah. <clears throat> By the way, I mean, to back up a bit, uh, it's January 6th is the anniversary of January 6th. Yeah, we're going to get to it. Yeah. Because there's a... Okay, when? I don't know. I was just kind of, you know, warming up to it. We got all... Uh, okay. You can get to it right now if you want. Uh, no, just, we just, just briefly, we, though. So this we Ray, just, I just want to say, so this Ray Donovan movie, do I need to have right. watched all the season? You th- uh, well, like, will there, will there be things I don't know? I can't well, catch up. there's things I won't know. Okay. Because no, I've... That's some time ago. You know, the problem is you watch these series, and then time goes by, and you watch other series, and then you're sitting there thinking, remembering things, but then you realize that, wait a minute, it's not from that series, it was from that series. And This is what I'm trying to say to you, that I, yeah. I loved Ray Donovan, but whatever the break between season three and four for me was, I never went back to it, and now it's too late to catch up. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. When do you, what did you want to pivot to January 6th? I'm ready. Take, come on, buddy. No, I, I. We were talking about the United States and the and the the likelihood or the the threat of oh, a the civil threat of war. A civil war, yes. And I saw this thing online yesterday: a Pew Research poll of Americans. You know, who is your favorite president, or who who do you think is has been the best president of the new era? And see, this is encouraging, and it was Republicans and Democrats and split down the middle and all that. Obama wiped the floor with everybody at 35%. And Reagan was 23%. Trump was third. That's disturbing, but it's 17%, less than half of Obama. And what was the question? Who was the best president? Of the new era. Of the new era. Like, uh-huh. you know, the past 50 years, whatever, 60 right. years. Um, uh, yeah. So Obama, 35, Reagan, 23 percent, Trump at 17, a bit disturbing, Clinton at 12 percent. But again, what that tells me is there's might still be hope. And then when you read the article, yeah, more Republicans voted for Reagan and Trump than voted for Clinton, Obama. But when you put the whole mix together, Obama was clearly considered the best because he's a decent man is, is what I'm getting at. You know, he's a decent man. You know, policy-wise, yeah, you win some, you lose some. We've talked about that before. But the decency factor is what's going to save that country. You hope so. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was doing my little walk yesterday. Can I tell you my little walk story before we talk politics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you see my head? 
Yeah. You fell? See that? Yeah. <laughs> now that when you turn sideways, yes. What? I, you know, I have, I'm going out with my dog yesterday. I got my toque on because it's cold. And I, and I decided I, I wanted to do a half an hour walk. And the reason I do in this huge park is so that Stan can run off his leash. There's no one around. And he can sniff and run and all the stuff. And I just do laps. So I, I saw a tree at the end of this park. I went, oh, I'll go to that tree and I'll do a lap around. And that'll be my lap. That's when I'll know it's time to go in the other direction. So... I go to this tree. Stan's kind of running around. He wants me to chase this stick or throw a stick for him. But as I turn the corner on this tree, I don't know. What's it's? Is it just being old? But I got too close to. I didn't realize how close I was to to cut the corner of this tree, and a branch struck me in the head. You know, hard enough for me to break to break the skin through my toque. How Canadian is that? I cut my head on a branch <laughs> in the winter through a toque. So anyway. you, you just, you didn't see the branch? Or I, like, I, I guess I didn't. I was distracted by the dog briefly. But I mean, really, it's a tree all by itself. It wasn't a forest. It was one tree in a park, and I couldn't navigate a branch that I didn't see. Anyway. Well, that's uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. Did you have to pick, pick the uh, the wool out of the out of the laceration? No, I, I didn't even that. notice. I knew I, it hurt right away, but I didn't realize it cut my skin until I finished my walk. The reason I bring it up is because what I do during that walk is I listen to CNN or I listen to Fox or you know, and I and I remember one year ago after January sixth, I the next day I was listening to a podcast. Or a couple days later, same thing, doing laps in that park, listening to this broadcast a year ago about the attack on the Capitol. And at the time, I remember thinking, oh, well, this must be the end of Trump. And this is what I wanted to start with. I thought, maybe you did too, a lot, I think a lot of people thought the day after January 6th, especially when the leadership of the Republican Party, McConnell, McCarthy, all of them, were denouncing what happened. And you think, well, that's got to be the end of it. Mm -hmm. And I think, for me, one of my biggest surprises, and I'm going to throw it to you in a second for your reaction, my, one of my biggest surprises of the last 12 months is how they've reframed that event. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. Politics. Yeah, they've yeah, and it that's why I keep saying you know they're it's a very unpatriotic country because all those people that have reframed it they've decided what's more important the future of this country or me taking my hundred seventy five hundred eighty thousand dollars a year and turning it into a few millions and they've if they've chosen the money they've put money ahead of their country you know and you talk about Fox, honestly when I listen to Fox News the odd time I'm the same way. To me, it's 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 the comedic factor. It's so funny. It's so ridiculous. It's so hypocritical that I it's an, it's entertaining from a from a comedic standpoint for me, Be, because all those assholes, too, it's the same thing. They've taken they've put money making huge 
amounts of money ahead of their country. And you just you just sit back and you shake your head and how is this possible? And then you look at yourself in the mirror and you think, would I do that? Would I put would I put money here in Canada ahead of my country? And, you know, on the surface, you could say, no, I wouldn't do that. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, we don't have the same. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's easy for us to go, I'd never take $14 million. But, you know, it's we don't have the same opportunity in our political. Right. Our political discourse isn't the same. But for me, and I agree with what you said, too, you know, it's just, you know, patriotism. And I've heard you say it before. My, I, and I, and I, listen, it's not that I don't consider that. I mostly consider it when you offer it. It's not my number one takeaway that they're not patriotic. My biggest takeaway is we all saw it. And if I played you, I, I was going to play it, but I, I, it just aggravates me. If, we, if I played you the first three minutes of Tucker Carlson from last night, you'd think, how did he, because both of us have done television, how did he deliver that as a broadcaster and not just be like, ah, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, he had the, all those words that he's speaking at the beginning of a show, we're all on a prompter. Uh-huh. And, and he's going through something. I guess he's written it or his staff has helped write it. How did he deliver it knowing it's just absolute bullshit? Well, that's why I always get back to patriotism because he's not a he doesn't care about his country. And I find that shocking because those guys sit there every night and claim to be great patriots, claim to be great Americans. They always say that. Oh, you're a great... Hear a lot of their sign-offs? Oh, you're a great American. Thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Or thanks for your service. Well, they're not. And uh, Tucker Carlson could give two shits about the United States of America. And I... 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 It... It floors me. And this is... This is a guy that's worth tens of millions of dollars already. So, what do you want, buddy? You want to see your country fall apart before your eyes? For what? Yeah, well, I mean... And I, I... Again... If you but but he doesn't think he's doing that, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like you don't like, think so? Uh, no, no. Okay. This is where we I, I disagree with you. He well, there's two things. I don't think he doesn't think that. I don't think he thinks that. But I do think he knows that what he's saying is wrong. Not from a patriotic standpoint. The reason I say he knows. I, I don't want to play this because it'll just aggravate everyone. But if I, I watched it before you came on this the Zoom call this morning, just because I wanted to see what he was saying. And he's look, and I started thinking about us, us as broadcasters. I've written, I've read stuff off a prompter, and you have to be reading it. So patriot, I don't because if you ask Tucker Carlson, I think he's, I think he thinks he's doing the right thing for his country by saying the wrong thing. But but, but he knows that these are. Let me let me re, let me rephrase that. I don't think he thinks he's destroying the country, but I know that somewhere within him, he knows that what he's the information he's giving isn't right. He knows that more than one person in the in the opening essay says only one person died at the Capitol. That's not true. And he knows that. But I don't think he's doing it because he doesn't love his country. I think you're right. It's not patriotic. He doesn't care about his country. Maybe. But I don't think that's what he thinks. So what's the point of, of well that he knows that what he knows what spewing out these lies? What's that? So what's I don't that know. Well, I mean, oh. the, I mean, obviously the same reason that these senators get elected, uh, you know, they have a net worth of a million, and then ten years later they're worth twenty million. 
mm-hmm. because it, it it pays it pays his salary. It gives him power. Listen, man, he he's a star. He's he, it's feeding his ego, but I don't think it's because he thinks he's destroying the country. I think he thinks he's a super patriot. And I think, by the way, I think all those people that would do violence and did violence a year ago, they all think they're super patriots. Yeah, yeah I guess. I guess. Hmm. Uh, well, that's what they but, call themselves. They think they're more oh, no, patriotic no. than the other side. Yeah, I know, but two dicks sitting here in Toronto, when you can see what's happening and how that harms the country, yeah, that doesn't go through their mind? This isn't good for my country? This, this polarization? The, you know, and then some of the tweets and things these guys said behind the scenes, they knew what they were doing. It oh, was yeah. wrong. But, this is bad for my country, but st- they're still promoting it? Like yeah, I'm I, not arguing with you that it's bad for it. their country. I'm telling yeah. you that that's not how they think. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Laura Ingrahams and the Hannity's and and the mm-hmm. McC- and, and I could name a bunch of senators that most people in Canada don't know. But, mm-hmm. you know, the the all of them, Taylor Green, Bobert, uh, Colley and Gates and Kosar or whatever the fuck. They all think that they're in a, a war for the for to save their democracy against mm-hmm. this socialist uh, dem- un, you know this democratic agenda they all think that they're on the side that's why there's going to be a civil war because that side thinks they're on the side of right mm-hmm. well i would think anybody with a brain on their head would be thinking conciliation now moderation yeah. um, all of branches like you know you know, it's funny. Trump threw this uh, recently saying, you know, he got the booster and promoting the vaccine, which is the right thing to do. And part of the reason he's doing that is because he is responsible for bringing the, the vaccine to market uh, quickly. I mean, you've got to give him that. He, he, he did. It was he was the guy in charge at the time. And, you know, if it was Barack Obama, we'd be giving him credit. Um, I just wonder if he's if he was reelected. Is this wishful thinking that he might be more moderate, might be more? No. Here's another question. What's that phrase, Fred, to answer your question, that question? What's the phrase from that article? What did he say? Vengeance and? Vendettas. Yeah, that's that's Trump's going to be running on vengeance and vendettas in 2024. Here's another question. If he's reelected, can he can he have two more terms or just one more term? I have no idea, man. I don't know, but. Or does he have, or does he win have that term, and within that four years, change the structure so much that he remains in power? Yeah, I mean, look at the people that he idolizes. Gor- uh, I was going to say Gorbachev, uh, Putin, and uh, little uh, dictator in North Korea. These are the people that he looks up to. Um, yeah, just a couple dicks in Toronto doing a podcast uh, now into our 11th year. Brought to you by the fine folks at Dewar, D-U-E-R dot C-A. Got another pair of Dewar pants on today, people. You should check it out. You should. You really should check it out. That's what I do when I'm waiting to find the uh, actual copy. Designed for movers, Dewar pants are built... With technical design features and tons of stretch. I've mentioned this before. I've not worn jeans in years. Like actual denim denim jeans. Uh, I got a couple pair now. These fleece-lined 
the last pair that you got that I got are my go-tos now for the winter. They're stretchy, they're they're bendable, but they're also very warm. And whether it's uh, hanging out outside with your dog like me or just watching Netflix all weekend long, the the pants they're comfortable and they say the most comfortable. And if you put them on, you'll see why. D u e r dot c a. Check out uh, Humble and Fred fifteen for fifteen percent off at checkout. D u e r dot c a. Is Iceberger there in the room? Not yet. Okay. Well, he will be our Gig Sky guest of the day. Uh, Gig Sky has just launched the Gig Sky Travel Rewards Program. Uh, go to the Gig Sky app or sign into your account at gigsky.com. Uh, Gig Sky's latest service offering also includes mobile data while flying. When traveling on selected airlines and routes, you can get mobile data. Go to gigsky.com slash aeromobile to see the list of partner airlines. And don't forget when you download the Gig Sky app today and enter code HF2021, you get $5 off your first plan. For that, go to gigsky.com for more information. Uh, remember, you get what you pay for with Gig Sky. Your service is never throttled. GigSky.com. I'm looking here, Mike uh, Zeisberger, our Gig Sky guest of the day. I don't know for some reason. I thought I thought Mike was on uh, more recently than one year ago. That's really? right. When we really like, you know what? When we like a guest, we get him on every uh, yeah. year. Welcome back, <laughs> Mike Zeisberger. Uh just checking to see if I'm muted and I'm not. Thanks for having me. And I don't, you know what? It's nice to be on every time Haley's comet just floats by the skin <laughs> through the sky. And uh, no, you know what, guys? I think uh, last time I was on uh, was in the summer where I was sitting in the backyard and yeah. everything was nice, you know, like uh, birds chirping, yeah. trees full of leaves. I think you'll understand. I didn't want to go into the backyard today. No, listen, dude, I apologize. I'm just looking at the notes here. And I, 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 did, I did recollect my recollection that, mm-hmm. that you had been on more recently than a year ago. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, welcome back. Uh, welcome back. To, in the, how's, is everything fine in your world, Omicron-wise? You're all right? Everybody's safe. Everybody's healthy. Knock on wood. And, uh, you know, we, we trudge on. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you've gone over and over and over again. But uh, you know, we're living in different times, and we just try to you just try to survive, be safe, and be diligent. Mike, on that point, you're an NHL insider. Um, what's it like? You know, you don't hear a lot from the NHL owners. You hear from some of the players as far as pushback goes with canceling games, postponing games, rescheduling games. I'm sure you're closer to the people at MLSE than we are, obviously. How how do they receive this? Like, do you talk to these guys? Like, all of a sudden, one day you can fill a rink and the next day you can't? That's millions and millions of dollars. Well, yeah, and I think that, the, you know what? I mean, uh, when you look at a lot of the postponements, and I'm only talking about the Canadian teams right now, but there's method to the madness of, of postponing some of these games in terms of the Canadian teams because... Um, you don't want to give up those gates. Uh, a, that, 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 that's a lot of money. Um, when you think about how much that money has been hemorrhaged when they had to play in the bubble an entire season, uh, you know, 50-something games last season, uh, you know, with, with primarily without any fans. Um, so what I think what they're hoping for, again, 
in terms of the Canadian teams is that in a month, you know, in a month or so, this subsides a bit, which is what we've seen with the different variants. And then, you know, they can postpone games too, hopefully, by that time when they can actually put butts in the stands. So uh, I, I think that, I think all the owners are, are in line with this. Um, obviously, the National Hockey League couldn't be making moves the way that they are without the, the support of the owners. So, um, like I said, there is method to the madness, but I'll tell you what, guys, if there's anybody paid more um, in sports, then the person that has to reschedule these games and fit them <laughs> yeah. all in, square peg into a round hole. No, that's a good point. Um, they, deserve it. they deserve a raise. I mean, mm. come on. You know, I want to, obviously, one want to talk about the NHL and your, yep. your thoughts on COVID and how it's affecting it, but What's not on this page that I, I just occurred to me to ask you, when you're talking to the players, these are young kids for the most part. You know, they're professional athletes, but we also forget, you know, they're mostly in their 20s. What, what is it? How do they react to it? Do you think they get the, the gravity of the situation? Well, if they didn't before, they do now. And I think, look, I mean, most of the guys that I've talked to, they understand. They, they, have, they see the big picture of what's going on, but in terms of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think that what they went through last month in Vancouver, when it started to spread, there was an outbreak within the team. Um, you know, when even Sheldon Keefe says he had a couple of tough days from COVID, uh, I think you understand just the, the, the severity and the magnitude um, of what we're going through. And, you know, in Vancouver, even, even John Tavares said, you know, one day he had like, you know, a little, a few a little bit of a cough, sniffles, stuff that you equate to a cold, which we all go through this time of year, except this is these aren't normal years. And uh, it got to the point where, you know, um, and I got to say, you talked about ownership. The Leafs, uh, from Larry Tannenbaum to Brendan Shanahan to Kyle Dubas, whether you like what they've done on the ice, whether you don't like what they've done on the ice, they rallied the troops um, to get those players home. Um, and it, it, it took a little bit of doing to get an extra plane to, you know, because they can't come home from Vancouver uh, with the rest of the players. But what we don't think about, you know, as sitting back uh, apart from the situation is the fact that they had to get a plane where you've got to talk to pilot, the, the attendants, you know, the flight attendants, and tell them, look it, you were flying a bunch of people that have COVID and tested positive and, and somehow they made it work. They wanted these people, the, these players and, and, and support staff back home in Toronto. So at least if they're going to quarantine, they can do it near their families. I mean, obviously they can't cross over, but uh, yeah, of course. So, so, so kudos to, to MLSE for, for getting those players home at a time that where it was, uh, you know, uh, a lot of guys were pretty frantic. Right. What was going on? And I think that the players, I mean, you know, they're still getting their paychecks. That helps. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it really no, does on some level. Um, plus, you know, I, I guess the you know ownership has to think long term because this is pretty precious commodity, isn't it? Isn't it just the Leafs' luck that they have this team with these fabulous players? just <laughs> during the COVID <laughs> era. I mean, forget the gates they've lost, like, you know, you know, several millions and millions of millions of dollars, right? 
but you got to protect the lungs of these guys. And yeah. COVID's a scary thing. Like yeah. we've seen, we've seen examples long of term young effects. people having long, you know, long haulers having yep. it affect their lungs. And even though it's, you know, the percentages are low, it could still happen to your most prized possessions. So that's on their mind as well. No, you're exactly right. And, and the thing about COVID is that, uh, you know, it, it kind of attacks where you're vulnerable. So, uh, you know, it may not affect a lot of the people around you, but if you have some kind of condition, even that you, you know, in a lot of cases, people don't even know that they might have some kind of health issue. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a big one, but COVID, COVID kind of magnifies that. So, that that is that is difficult uh, for them to swallow. You know, you know. Uh, sorry, that's a bad pun. Um. No, it's okay. Uh, but l- let me let me just jump in quickly. Quickly, yeah, yeah, Mike please. Zeisberger, uh, writer at NHL.com, is uh, hanging out with us today, and I just occurred. So, what do you think will happen? Will the pandemic end before the Leafs get past the first round of the playoffs? What what, what do you think will happen first? And I'm not. This isn't, this isn't for Bodog, one of our sponsors. Just what do you think the will we be through the pandemic? Or will the Leafs go, get past the first round? Well, you know what? I mean, why don't you just ask me what the square root of pie is or <laughs> how they get the caramel inside the caramel bar? But uh, I, I I got nothing for you because, look, it, I mean, all joking aside, I mean, as good as this Maple Leaf team is, as good as their core is of Riley and Matthews and Marner and Nylander, we can, we can go down the list. The fact remains, they've had five kicks at the can in, in you know, elimination series um, since this core has been together, and they haven't won. In fact, think about this, guys. The last time the Leafs won a playoff series, which was 2004, uh, there was no salary cap in the National Hockey League. Wow. And we were still using the center ice red line for two-line passes. <laughs> and we were so, working at the mix. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I was in university and had hair there. No, but I I digress because mm. it wasn't that long ago. But come on, that Zeiss, just put, that just puts stuff in perspective, you yeah. know, of how long it has been. So um, I'm not trying to stick handle around your question, but no. But here's the thing, Fred, Listen, I'm I'm lucky because I have Fred here to kind of guide my leaf. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a huge. I'm a, I'm not a Leaf fan at all. I, in fact, I grew up hating the team. But I do love the fans. I've lived here long enough to have an affinity yeah. for people. My buddy here loves his team. He's not watching a lot of games this year. And from what I, as a casual observer of the situation here, Fred's like a lot of Leaf fans saying, "Listen, I'm not going to watch or bother with this team until they get past that first round." So that here we are in January. Yeah, COVID aside, this is a, apparently, from what I hear from him, a pretty good team again. Yeah. They're having a nice season. You would admit that, Freddie. The odd time you talk about them, you're saying these guys are playing great. Yeah, I but mean, so but, what? Well, we've seen this act before. Yeah, is the problem That's it. because even heading into the you know the Christmas break, it was like, yeah, but they're having a great season. But it was pretty much exactly uh, what it was a year prior before yeah. the collapse against Montreal. So, yeah, nothing means anything until April. Or May or June or July or whatever it ends. Who knows? And I I think what even, you know, gnawed at the guts of of Lee fans even more, and and rightly so, is the fact that, okay, so last season, you're in a division with seven teams, okay? Mm -hmm. So 
You only play those teams during the regular season. Then you only play them in the first two rounds. So to get to the Stanley Cup final, hypothetically, they only had to play eight teams because you play six teams in your division or in the Canadian division. Then the first two rounds of the playoffs are against teams of that division. So the only time you're playing a non-Canadian team uh, would be in the semifinal and the finals as the Montreal Canadiens showed, and I know that's stinging for the least, but I just think that there was such an opportunity last year or last season, and Leaf fans recognized that as well they should, and that's what was even more gutting about what happened at being up on Montreal and blowing that 3-1 to one lead is the fact that here we go again, we had this opportunity. So I understand exactly where you're coming from um, because, you know, it's like, how many times does Lucy have to take the football away from Charlie Brown when he's trying to kick it? Okay. Yeah. And, you know, so I, it's the most common theme, guys, the most common saying that I've heard this season is like, you know what, call me in April and then we'll start following the team really, really closely to see what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, Howard asked uh, a few minutes ago about the players. Do the players, have they said anything to you when you talk to the players? I know you talked to Zach Hyman yesterday, apparently, or over the yeah. past couple of days, who Leaf fans love, and he's a great guy, but we understand why he had to go. Money's a thing. Um, do they wonder why there's full arenas in the United States yet and not in Canada? Do they ever go, like, how, how does this work? Like, No, I think they, I think, okay. Understanding it and being thrilled with it are two different things. I think they very much understand it because they live in this situation. They live up here um, in Toronto, at least during the the regular season. So they know. And the fact that, look, at over the half the team, um, you know, in the past three, four weeks, has battled COVID of some some kind of or another, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to some to some level. So I think they understand, but there is a sense of frustration. And the players were asked about this the last couple of days that, okay, so now they, you know, they play Edmonton, um, they get the win. Now they go on the road. Okay. So they beat Edmonton with nobody in the rink. Saturday night, they'll be in Colorado and it'll be a full house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the guys are saying, yeah, you notice that it's hard to, adapt all of a sudden especially in a season where you did have the fans mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the plug gets pulled you know uh, a lot of pga tour players have talked about the fact that yeah they get a different it's a, obviously a different charge a different vibe when there's fans watching sure. them i'm sure hockey players must feel the same oh yeah oh yeah uh, i mean I, I think it's 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 just it's just natural. I mean, it, you know, you watch that game against Edmonton, you know, and it, it, I'd forgotten, um, you know, the era of the of the blue pads over the... The over fake the fan era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, the can noise wasn't bad. They kind of settled that down. It was kind of like a quarterback um, in a home stadium kind of going like this with his arms, telling the fans, like, take it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what it does, when, when I, you know... When you go into the rink or you see see the rinks like that with no no fans in it, you start thinking about oh yeah, like last season and the playoffs before that. Guys, doesn't that seem when there was no fans and there was an entire season? Doesn't that seem like two or three years ago, yeah, and not yeah. like last 
last mm. May or no, June. No, I know. This whole pandemic seems like 10 years. Yeah. It, it just know. screws up in your entire sense of timing. Yeah, you know, there was a weird situation last night. I was watching there for a while, and Zach Hyman, whenever a former Leaf comes back, oh, yeah. comes back to the rink, they do a little video to acknowledge his return. Yes. And then the fans stand up and give him a standing ovation, which they would have done last night because everybody oh, yeah. loves Zach Hyman. Well, they played that video last night in the rink, but really didn't show us the TV viewers. And then you look at Hyman, and he's sort of sheepish, and he's putting his hands up acknowledging the video, but... There's no fans to acknowledge. No, no, no. So they're telling us this video just played about, and we know what that's all about because we've seen them before. But he's sort of acknowledging this video to no one. <laughs> it was interesting. The tree falls in the forest, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. It was. Crazy. No, it was. It was. But you know, it's. It's. And I had kind of asked Zach about this um, a couple days ago. I said, "Look, you know, you, you probably would get some kind of tribute." Uh, if the fans were there, you're probably going to get one anyways, and it's it's going to be very weird. But, you know, uh, how much do you feel, I don't know what the word, emptier? Because right. there, aren't, there aren't any people mm-hmm. there, and he goes, well, you know, you have to mm-hmm. understand the world around you, what's going on. He said, uh, look, I'm a tra- I understand and appreciate the way that Leaf fans uh, treated me because he, th- he says, I always work my butt off, and I think they appreciate that. And and just a quick note on that, guys. I think one of the reasons, and, and, you know, going going back, we all grew up probably in the same era of watching the team, but there's something about this town. It's great that if you have, like, elite skills, but if you work your derriere off, that is something that the fans here um, really link to. And Mm -hmm. look at it. I mean, if... In this town, okay, Wendell Clark is treated like a Hall of Famer, okay? Go look at his stats. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're yeah. good, but they're not of the level that you right. would think the adulation uh, well, that he gets. But there's a good reason for that, because he wore his heart on his sleeve. And sure. I'm, not, I'm not saying Zach Hyman is Wendell Clark, but they do, they do show some of the same attributes Shift after shift after shift. And I think that's something that sells in this town. Well, I think one of the most, you know, I think back quickly of the the more popular players in the time I've lived here now, 30 plus years, you know, guys like uh, Darcy Tucker and Domi and 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 Gilmore. Gilmore was a gamer. And and, you know, those are the people that but I think in every sport you sort of relate to the. The authentic, hard-working, yes. you know, type of guys. Uh, Mike Zeisberger, we don't want to let you go before we uh, mention this. Uh, Boone mentioned that Austin, now, I hope this is right, Austin Matthews testing positive with the rapid test and negative with the yep. PCR test. Now, as he says here, most people have heard the opposite has happened. But is, is Austin, so is Austin Matthews positive or negative? No, he played last night. Oh, he did? Yeah, he played last night, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, so he's um, negative with the PCR, but positive with the rapid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and it, he he revealed yesterday before the game that this is the second week in a row that this has happened, where the the rapid test he tested positive, and then the follow up, the more extensive test, he was negative. And let's not forget, too, guys, that this is what I mean. Two summers ago, um, and again, the timeline that seems like ten summers ago, but when he was in Arizona, he he actually had COVID. Um, so yeah. this is something that he was kind of perplexed at, you know, 
not that you couldn't get it again, but like for two weeks in a row, positive than negative, positive mm-hmm. than negative. So, um, yeah. but he sure as hell looked good last night. I'll tell you that. Certainly did. From what Wait a I minute. Saw. You, you know, I thought you weren't watching the games. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I watched uh, probably the uh, last two thirds of the third period yep. a- after right. I watched Yellowstone with my wife. Yes. All right, so that that was my TV fare last night. <laughs> um, I got, well, listen, I like a lot of golf fans. I, I'm uh, I'm excited because the PGA Tour starts Kapalua, there. Baby. That's right, Hawaii tonight in prime time, my brother. Uh, I would love to see you on the tee on the 18th there. What is it? I know that's uh, 620, 6.30? Yeah. Is that driver seven iron for you? For those guys, it's, uh, yeah, no, no, it'd be four shots for me. So Mike Zeisberger. I'm going to tell everyone should go to NHL.com. And uh, we certainly appreciate you checking in. I knew it was sooner than a year ago, and I promise you this, sir, it will be sooner than a year from now when we have you back. It's always great to have a chat with you, and I hope you enjoy yourself here as well. Hey, guys, listen, uh, you guys are part of the cultural fabric of the broadcast world here in Toronto, and I very much appreciate uh, you having me on. And uh, I just say this, please stay safe and healthy, and let's talk soon. Okay, Okay, my friend. Thank you and very anytime much. Anytime you want to come on the program, uh, don't wait till the end to tell us how great we are. We like that right off the top. We like it right off the top, Mike. Just so you okay, know next yeah. time. Start I got it, with I got that. It, I got it set now. I know the program. That's all right. Sad. Mike Zeisberger, all the best to you, my friend. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Uh, we're still to come on the program. We'll talk to Dan Duran. Our buddy uh, Tim from uh, Florence, Italy. He's checking in with uh, more about the wonder that is Health Gauge. In the meantime, Frederick, what do you want to tell people? I want to talk about the retirement Sherpa. Okay. Uh, Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors uh, Protection Fund. Hey, maybe uh, if you've got some cryptocurrency questions, Tim would be the guy to ask. Because, hey, you know what? He knows everything when it comes to investing. Uh, You know, Tim has uh, helped a lot of Humble and Fred listeners. He talked about that yesterday. It's been a great relationship. All those that have reached out to talk to Tim... Whether they've uh, retained him as their advisor or not, because sometimes people have existing portfolios and they just want him to give an assessment. Anyway, the response has been fantastic. Tim, you know, just his demeanor, he's the type of guy that you want in charge of your future. He's the Retirement Sherpa. He's Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. The largest selection of name brand accessories, all at up to 70% off. Where? Canna Cabana, of course, the highest THC for less. Canna Cabana Club members save up to 70% on accessories. Let me talk about that. Every day, shop their unbeatable catalog of bongs, dab rigs, and vaporizers. I know for a lot of you, that's as understandable as cryptocurrency and nfts but i'm going to tell you uh you know i i recently (laughs) even i'm afraid to even say this because i don't want to get have you make fun of me but i bought a new bong fred i did i bought a new bong did you yes i did i got all excited and i got myself a new bong a can of cabana uh, I was in there. Uh, name brands like Stores, Bickle, Dopezilla, Glass, Ariser, Roth, Famous Brands, Packs, and more. Go to canacabana.ca and check out them. Oh, sign up for the Canacabana Club. I want to say this again. Famous name brands, highest THC, and the lowest prices guaranteed. Canacabana. 
Speaking of bongs, <laughs> what, what did you want to say? And speaking of cryptocurrency investors, yes. Dan Duran is a cryptocurrency investor. People. Come on. Yes, he yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Really? I did, yeah. When did you do this? Uh, about uh, a year ago, somewhere in there. And uh, nine, months, ha- nine, nine months ago. How did you do that? Like, what is the mechanism that you invest in cryptocurrency? I have no idea. Uh, I signed up for uh, on an app called Wealth Simple, and then uh, I put some money in. And then I bought uh, Ethereum, not uh, that, that, that coin. Okay. And uh, I put $300 in, and then I got a $300 to waste in my life. I give them that a shot. It went up to 600 and now it's uh, back down to high fives or something like that, Four, uh, mid fives. So it's, it's, a, it's a game to watch that thing bounce up and down. <laughs> so the Ethereum- my, son, my son did it years ago. And how much did he make? Years ago. Huh? Get your son not on a- here. Oh, come over here. Come over here and explain. Uh, get the kid here, because he'll know. There's my uh-huh. godson. Look at that beautiful. Hello, boy. Hello. 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 Do you remember Mr. <laughs> Fred? Mr. Fred. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> You're talking to the microphone, son. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. Colton, Fred and I were, I mentioned to Fred that I, I resigned myself to really not understanding Bitcoin. And I was, saw a story this morning. It went to $100,000. But your dad just talked about Ethereum, which I've heard of. So when they say Bitcoin went to hundred grand, what do they mean? Uh, <laughs> a bunch of people decided that it's gone to that level because they're willing to buy it for that much. Same as stocks. <laughs> I mean, so, no, I get that part. But what what are you buying that went to a hundred grand? Like did the, the stuff that you invested in? What what is it, what was it called? Um, I have a spread of a few different ones. It's Ethereum, Bitcoin, um, Tezos, uh, Litecoin. Just a bunch of different names. Um, and how long, how long have you been into this? Uh, that was right after Bitcoin blew up the first time. Oh. So it was not the greatest time. I was talking about it before, but, you know, so was everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, I, it did go up a good amount, but I didn't put that much into it. Uh, Fred and I are thinking of putting out something on, under the Humble and Fred brand, uh, brand called Fartcoin. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and then we're also maybe doing a non-fartable tokens. Or what, n- is it fartable? Non, what is it? It's nice, fungible, nice. but fartable is no, much nice, better. Fun, nice fartable tokens. That'll be ours. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I think that'll go great. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, huh? I'll buy some. Okay, bro. <laughs> uh, thanks, Colton. No thanks, problem. Colton. Good, uh, Colton. Look at that kid. <laughs> just funny the world and like so many people i remember talking about bitcoin when it was like a dollar two dollars each i know and like like why wouldn't you just take it, a thousand it, bucks if, but, in you 20, know there's something somebody could tell you something today and then you'd have the same reaction whenever we interviewed that whoever it was back yeah. in 2011 or 12 all we had mm-hmm. to do was put a thousand dollars into it and mm-hmm. you know we could buy dan his own cabin <laughs> like a thousand dollars, I saw this story. I might even mention it on the show. A thousand dollars put in whatever number of years ago would be a millions of dollars now. You know what the weird thing about that is, too, Howard? Say you put a thousand dollars in, and all of a sudden you may, it was like worth fifty. Fifty thousand. Oh, yeah. 
say 50,000, you'd think, fuck, I should get out of this now. Yeah, like, of course. Holy shit, I've made 50 grand. But the whole idea would be to leave the original 1,000 there or maybe, you know, 5 or 10 and scoop the rest. It, and listen, this has gone through my mind so many I times. All the, listen, all the wonderful things I could have done for so many wonderful people. Oh, I know. I if, just feel uh, bad for all the, I, you had, all the people had that have missed out. Oh, Howard. Oh, I know. It's Howard. terrible. You're right, Dan. That place he's sitting in right now, that would be like that would be the cabin of the of the spread he'd be living in. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, but so I'm, but here's the thing: when some mm-hmm. of when sometimes I wonder what's going to happen to Dan Duran. Now I realize it's Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin I'm putting it all on Bitcoin. It's going to yeah. save Dan Duran. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lakeside A cabin that we would have bought him Had we invested ten years ago You get a cabin and you get a cabin Here Here's Dan Duran Today is National Bean Day. To celebrate, find your favorite bean and eat it. If you don't have a special bean in your life, there are 40,000 bean varieties of Phaseolus vulgaris in the world. Mm. That's bean to the non-educated. There's got to be at least one bean for you. Okay. Scientists in Israel train goldfish to drive on land. Yeah, I saw this story. What, can you explain that to me? Yes. A, uh, a, these Israeli scientists, they, I'd love to read the grant application for this. Anyway, they, they uh, put a fish into a tank with wheels <laughs> on it using LIDAR, a computer, and touch-sensitive walls. And then they trained six goldfish to navigate this fish tank on wheels. And what they would do is put their nose against the side of the tank to try and get closer to a blue, or I'm sorry, a pink uh, dot on the wall. Okay. And then they would get a reward. Yeah. So they figured out how to drive it. And then they, you know, because it's fun, they took it out on the street, <laughs> the sidewalk, got the fish to drive so the to tank. To be clear, when it. I saw the story, it's not that they've trained the goldfish to, you know, work the clutch. <laughs> they, <Right. yeah. laughs> they, yeah. they didn't train the goldfish, you know, to parallel park. They were inside no. of a tank. But they did. But the but the fish figured out how to make the tank the go fish. where they wanted it to go. Hey, Fred! I did, thought they had no. I thought they fish were like dumb, 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 dumb. dumb. Yeah, I thought goldfish. Uh-huh. According to Ted Lasso, goldfish only have an eight second memory. How do they remember yeah. what lane they're in? So I guess it's some kind of an instinct. But I didn't even think fish had that. They were they're just useless. But oh yeah, <laughs> well no, they can drive cars now. I guess the things we didn't know before these guys figured it out with their FOV, the fish operated vehicle. And you know what I was thinking? Because I know, Howard, you've, I, I, unless I'm mistaken, you've always wanted to write a kid's book. This would be an opportunity for you to the journey of the goldfish. Mm-hmm. Into, Dan, you know, I, I have wanted to write many different books. Um, 
But I, I have yes. This could be the book. the The Jews, the, the, the that, Jews, because you're Jewish. Jews that showed the fish. Except in my book, it would be gefilte fish. We've uh-huh. trained gefilte fish to drive a Tesla. You know what the biggest problem is with wanting yes. to write a book? Having to write it. Having to write. It. That's <laughs> yes, right. I know. Pen but if it's a paper. kids' book, I mean, how oh, many pages does it have to be? Yeah. Like well, twenty pages. Thing. Yeah, but you know that's it. You say that, but. You know, short, concise, to the point, have some kind of profound impact on a child. It's not mm. an easy thing either. No, There's exactly. a million people out there writing children's books. Sure. But but they're not hitting the right chords and they're never they don't see the light of day. So um, there's gold here. They, they, there's gold. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> there's it's, gold a, it's a fantastic <laughs> book for Jewish children that grow up worshiping the goldfish. Uh Speaking of Jews, I'm going to send you guys a clip from uh, John Stewart recently, who is, by the way, not his real name. You'd be surprised, maybe. John Stewart talking about a children's book, Char- uh, Char- um, Harry Potter. And uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but in the book, the goblins run the bank. I don't know, do you know about... I don't, I don't know what you're familiar with the book or not. And, and by the way, no. your children, uh, the, I'm sorry, the grandchildren are in the perfect age group now. They're in, totally into it. John's okay. reading one on his own right now. Exactly. So I started reading the books to Charlie when she was like seven years old. Anyway, inside the world of Harry Potter, the, the people that run the Gringotts Bank are goblins. But in the movie, the way they're portrayed is they when you see them there's that caricature of of Jews. So John Stewart is breaking this down. It's pretty funny. I'll send this to clip to you guys. Is he still doing that show on Apple TV? I don't know. I've I checked last night episodes. there was only four episodes up. Oh, okay. So I don't know if it's they're on, you know, it's a slow approach. Well, he's to like most series. podcasters, do three or four and then <laughs> yeah. give it up. But, but but it's pretty for people <laughs> who know what work. I'm talking about cuz they just uh, crave is running. It's pretty interesting too if you've if you have kids that are into Harry Potter or you were, but the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter is called a return to uh Hog whatever the fuck it's called. But inside it they they go back and and Daniel Radcliffe is there. All, mm-hmm. By the way, all three of those kids that start in it are all worth close to 100, 150 million. Imagine that. On the day your kid is cast, you know that you've signed up for seven movies and that you're never going to have to worry about money again, just like Dan Duran and his Bitcoin. Yeah. Anyway. But they, uh, they didn't have any goldfish in that book, did they? They didn't. Mm-hmm. No. Goldfish driving a tank magically. Like mm-hmm. the, the Jews can train your goldfish to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to get going because Tim Daniels is here. Yeah. Do you want to come back at the end again? Uh, I got a dental appointment today, so no. Oh, okay, well then, goodbye. First time in a dentist in a couple of years now. Oh, that should be worth a couple of G's. <laughs> yeah. Man, why, don't you, why don't you pay him in uh, non-fundable dad time? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Fuck your teeth. What'd you say about the dog? That's what I'm interested in. Oh, I had to take the dog to the vet, so the first round of tests. For what? Uh, yeah, what's wrong? With, uh, uh, he's he's uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, diarrhea and uh, wasn't doesn't really feel very good. Maybe blood in his stool or something. No, so buddy. What? Yeah, Clifford. Oh. Yeah. So uh, the first run at it was five hundred bucks, and uh, oh. we'll find out a little bit more today. Oh, believe me, blood in your stool is no big deal. Go yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for blood in his stool, there'd be no stool. <laughs> He looks down and is like, am I making pasta here? What is that? Tomato sauce? Oh, I'm worried about my boy. Yeah, I am too. 
Oh, Jesus. You know, when Clifford was uh, here a couple of weeks ago, he seemed, you know, fairly normally sweet guy. Just sat here during the show a couple of times. Yeah, he's, he seems normal most of the times. He's had a little... Uh, uh, he usually jumps up into the back of my car yeah. when I take him somewhere. And there, uh, the, for the last little while, he's thought about it a little bit more. You know, you have to convince him. And yeah. then last week was the first time he jumped and didn't make it. So, oh, I hate that. That's I went through that with Billy. Yeah. So now uh, she she did, she did a little feel along the back, and there's some mass and there's a backbone somewhere that might be an issue. So we're they're kind of thinking that might be part of the problem, but we don't know yet. Okay. So, Oh, they break your fucking heart, those things. You know, Stan's at the... It's funny, because Stan now, when we when I leave the bedroom to go downstairs, uh, it used to be he just jumped right off the bed. Now he mm-hmm. stands there at the end of the bed, waiting for me to come and, like, help him right. down. He's thinking he's, about it, yeah. And how old is he now? He's going to be 10 in a couple months. Yeah, isn't it crazy? How, and Clifford's, what, in 2009? So he's 12. Yeah. Yeah. 12, 13. I, I said, well, how long do, you know, Labradoodles last? And they were going, like... Well, 12, 12, 13. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, you know, cost benefit analysis going on here about how much you pour into figuring out, you know, how much longer. Well, don't, you, it's first of all, classic. don't you go to the dentist. Save that money for Clifford. <laughs> God better damn be, it. Right. He better be at that trailer next. Uh, I believe he, I think he'll make it that far. He's going to make it that far for sure. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dan, thank you for your time right. today. We got to go. There's Tim Daniels. Okay. Tim. Keep Tim us Daniels. posted. Yes. Tampa, exactly. Tim. We'll do. Okay. See you guys. We'll start right. a GoFundMe page or something. <laughs> right. You know, if we'd only invested in Bitcoin, we could take care of Clifford right oh, now. Jesus Christ. I at the very know. least, at the very least, at the end, take him to a taxidermy and he can have just, him stuff. I know. Yeah. Have him standing on my deck all the time. Mm. You know, there's a conversation. I'm sure Tim Daniels has had it many times over his career tim's uh, here with us from uh, health gauge you know i i don't know if people realize or maybe we haven't first of all happy new year happy new year bon anno, uh, bon natale. Uh, <laughs> let me just jump right in with this you know I, yeah. I, i've often been speaking of a book i i think it would be a, i'm sure there's been books written about opportunities missed and I think you and I even had this conversation now that I think about it, Tim. We were talking about like in, in Tim's other life before he became a, uh, a mining mogul and a, an investor in Health Gauge. You basically funded people's dreams in a way. I mean, you, you were a guy that was helping fund projects. And what I asked you was how many times in your life slash career as an investor did you like pass on something? I remember now because you told me the story of your buddy and the pharmacies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you must uh, have a thousand stories like the guy that didn't in, like we should have been. We in, interviewed somebody 10 years ago about Bitcoin. All we had to do was throw a thousand dollars at the guy and I'd be yeah. I'd be living next door to you in Florence right now. So, you know, here's uh, here's the kind of genius I am. Some years ago, as I said, in a past life, when I was funding projects, um, one of my uh, business partners out of the Seattle area came to me with this project. And I looked at, at the prospectus and I said, I don't get it. 
Um, these guys, they, they have a small little business. They have no expertise in what they're doing. There's no barrier of entry for others to get into the business. They're not vertically integrated, meaning, you know, they're, they're just a retail shop. They don't own upstream or downstream from themselves. I said, I, I, I don't get it. I, I, I pass on this one. It was a little company called Starbucks. <laughs> of and, course. Uh, <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah, of and, course. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and you know and, what? Yeah, that's the way it goes. You know, the number of, of projects that I've looked at and passed because I was such a genius and thought that, hey, this makes absolutely no good business sense, only for those businesses to then go on to being <laughs> major, major successes. But hey, and, this is. And what is it part. about us that you tell that Starbucks story and I, I almost. Like hearing it, like I'm not alone, you know, <laughs> even, yeah. even the yeah. smartest among us yeah. can yeah. relate to missed opportunity. It's, it's, but Timmy, it's you must sure. have seen that hundreds of times, not just with yourself, but other people that you know in that world. I don't want to get into it now, but there was a great story that Tim told me at breakfast that day about a friend of yours and, and brought actually brought you along. This was yeah, fairly yeah. recently. And they said, what do you think, Tim? And actually said, hey, you can buy some of this company. You're like, nah, nah, no, I'll pass. And now that's like multiples of multiples. Yeah, it's, you know, it's still a private company. And last year uh, he was came here to, to Italy to visit me just before you did, Howard. Actually, just a few days after you did. And, uh, you know, was uh, presenting some of the numbers from the business I passed on <laughs> last year. They did about $6 billion in revenue, $240 million net profit, debt-free, etc. So I was oh throwing up Well, listen, if Fred, <laughs> and I, <laughs> if Fred and I ever take this public, we're using you to do the VC, yeah. the first round of uh, funding. I don't even know what I just said. Uh, <laughs> listen, man. It's been a while. We haven't talked about the watch. We haven't talked about yes. anything. Um, first of all, for everyone, uh, you're not alone. I'm gonna, I hope I'm not going to talk out of school, but everyone we know. When I left Italy on the 15th of November, I landed, and I think I shared this with you, that my daughter, my eldest daughter, texted me yeah. as the plane landed. She had COVID, Delta, the old school COVID. And That's at the right. time, I went on the air the next uh, week, and I said, you know, this is the first person that Fred and I even know personally, my kid, that's had COVID. And since then, everyone's had COVID, including yeah, the uh, you guys. Yeah. So yeah, who, who I, came down I with got it? it. So, you know, we did the, the brilliant thing. We had about uh, 15 people over for Christmas, and uh, guess what happened on the on Boxing Day? We, we were all positive. Um um, so fortunately for, for me and for actually fortunately for all of us, it was a, you know, a, a short lived and non-eventful experience, um, had it for about two days. Um, it felt like uh, a, a mild cold. Um, the, the symptoms that were somewhat different from a typical cold was that I had a little bit of a night chill for, you know, two nights, I think. And, uh, and for the first time since I think I was a teenager, I slept for like 12 hours a day for like three days. So, nice. And that, that just doesn't happen to me. Um, and, uh, and, and so, um, you know, with those symptoms, we uh, went to one of the local pharmacies and got ourselves tested. And we were, we were all positive. Fortunately, within like two days, it all passed. And, uh, and it, was, uh, it was all, all good once again. Did um, you? 
Is that, is that the second time you've had COVID? No, that's the first oh, time. Oh, no, that was the first time. time. Okay, I'm mixing you up with somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and did you do, like, like when you and I were together there in Florence, we went to a pharmacy yeah. for a rapid test. Yeah. Uh, it turned out I, right. I yeah. couldn't use it. But it, here yeah. in Toronto right now, I've yeah. got, I, there's self, some people, including me, I've got some self-testing kits, which are okay, but it's really mm-hmm. difficult to get a test. What's it like in Florence? It is also, you know, it's a gong show. It, it, it's, you know, complete circus. Um, very, very difficult. All the, the centers that you would have used while you were here, Howard, getting tested, they're all backlogged three, four weeks. Um, they're not taking new reservations. You can go as a walk-up patient. And if you didn't have COVID before you walked up, you do have to leave because <laughs> there's hundreds well, of people lined up and they're all there for the same reason because they think they're positive. And the lineups are hours long. Um, but that's what we had to do because... I, you see, the way the process works here is, um, and, and it's very convoluted, it, 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 how long you're supposed to lock down for right. is a function of whether or not you've had zero, one, two, or three vaccinations, yep. whether you're, you yourself have tested positive or you are in close proximity to someone else who tested positive. Yeah, same uh, here. Whether it's a Wednesday and you were wearing a blue shirt or, you know. Yeah, you know, Timmy, it's... it's crazy go ahead freddie no what's interesting through this too is you you know when you read around so to speak everybody is blaming their local politician right right for access to tests and testing and it's worldwide now like everywhere it's the same thing so you know you can look at doug ford or pure or uh, pure or justin trudeau and say yeah what are they they've done it all wrong when it's like yeah. Even in the United, in the states, a lot of places where they had lots of testing sure. uh, through the first uh, wave and second wave, it's yeah. a it's a universal problem right now, or it's a, a universal yeah. strategy now to to not test everyone, so to speak. It, it is. I, I mean, through my my daily conversations, I'm speaking with people on the four corners of the earth, and it's, and it's the same situation everywhere. There's not mm-hmm. enough you know test kits to go around. Uh, the lineups are hours and hours long. A lot of governments are just, you know, kind of throwing up their hands and saying, you know, no mask we give. Um, so now you can even do, you know, home home rapid test. And that's good enough. Whereas a month ago, it had to be yeah. a PCR well, test done at a laboratory and so on. So, but what I wanted so to say, too, like, but but what's universal, because I'm looking at an article here from Chicago and you're talking to people in Australia. You live in Italy yeah. and we live in Canada. Everyone universally depending on what the guidelines are in terms of testing after exposure, isolation, quarantine, if you've had three boosters. Mm-hmm. It's so confusing, but I'm, I, I think the universal, um, the conventional wisdom now is if you have symptoms, you've got COVID. You don't need to go get tested. And if yeah, you have symptoms, within a few days... You're going to be probably fine. You're, you know, you're 60 or 61. You're in good shape. We're in our 60s. We've been triple vaxxed. I don't know, but I know you've been double vaxxed. Yeah. So, yeah, double vaxxed. So my only thing about COVID is I'm going away at the end of the month. Actually, first week of March, or February, I should say. If I get it, I want to get it now. I don't want to get it the day I'm traveling so that I get so that my traveling isn't impacted. Right, but I'm exactly. also worried, too, and I'll maybe get into this when you're not on the show, but my, my older brother, Stephen, is a 
He's like the COVID master because he's done a lot of uh, television productions and having to get people tested. He says the biggest concern I would have in the States is that if I go on the day I'm coming home and I test positive, well, then I'm stuck there for another five or seven days until I can get a negative test and then get back on the plane. That's right. That's not so bad. Isn't that horrible? (laughs) No. I'm just thinking. And that's assuming, though, that on that day that you want to get tested that you actually can because – Everywhere at this moment are backlog, you know, weeks at a time. Um, What we ended up doing here, believe it or not, they still have um, home doctors here in Italy. Believe it or not, where, you know, a doctor with their little black bag comes to your house and gives you your checkup and so on. Um, We we still have that old school uh, option available to us. So in this case, when we did our first test and we were positive, um, we had to go to a a government um, uh, affiliated pharmacy so that our test was official. So it went into the government record bank. And the reason why that's important is because then that will delay your need for the booster vaccine by six months, because the research is showing that getting the, the Omicron is uh, is maybe even better than having the, the, the booster in terms of, of mm-hmm. your immunity. Right. And so the government here has come to the conclusion that, you know, uh, two vaccines plus Omicron equals a booster. Right. So, so now because oh. of that, I, I was scheduled to have my booster this month. Mm. But now because I just went through Omicron, I don't have to have my booster until June or July. OK. Um, and and I'm probably better off because of that. Um, so that's the way it works. But the problem is, is, is that in the meantime, how do you get that that? official positive test. Well, in our case, we had to go stand in line and, uh, uh, you know, with all these sickies that were coughing all over us for a couple hours, mm. um, and, and to, you know, to get that, that vaccine. Well, you know, As, or sorry, to get that, that yeah, test. To your point, though, like I booked, we've already booked our, our, our test to go to the States, but in the States, like in Palm Springs, where we're going, it's not anywhere near as difficult to get a test to come home. It's just expensive. Um, I know, listen, man, I know we've talked a lot. This has been a great conversation. And I think very interesting for people that are like me, like a lot of people wondering what are the protocols? Is it different in Italy? And and I I like what you said there, Freddie, in terms of it's easy for us to sit here in Ontario and go, Doug Ford screwed it up. Trudeau, but everywhere there's every, every political, Mm -hmm. Anyone in politics in the world is getting the same shit. Although what when you describe politics in Italy to me, it's always a gong show there anyway. It is, it really. So this isn't much different. Yeah. No, for sure. And right now I, I you know, I think that we all need to you know take a deep breath, cut our politicians a little bit of slack. Um um, and understand that this is this is a wave that we're going through and it's happening globally. Yeah. And uh, and so whether you were, you know, in Toronto today, in Florence, Italy or on the moon, you're going to run into basically the same sort of, of scenario okay. here and now. This, this is just the reality. And, 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 and I know this conversation had almost nothing to do with Health Gauge, except to say. That HealthGage brings us Tim Daniels, HealthGage.com, the promo code. I don't know if you've been seeing some of the notes that I've been sending Blake, but our audience is buying this watch. They're they're figuring it out. We're, we got Fred on uh, tech support. He's trying to figure some stuff out. All, all good. Is it all good you now? You want to talk about tech support? Yeah, what happened? One email was almost immediately answered. Um 
Again, the name's off the top of my head I don't have right now. Uh, but it was and, fixed within a couple hours. Excellent. I, I got a response on exactly what to do. So you did you reset? Because what was what was happening is because one of the elements of the watch that I love and that we've talked about is the uh, yeah. fact that it, you can get the information on your app and you and you sync the app. Yeah. But you were just having trouble, yeah. Freddie, to reset the watch. Well, well, I had my issue was, and I'll tell you because maybe other people would have it. It told me yeah. the app, uh, the time was wrong on my watch, and then yeah. when I went to the app, it said the beta had expired. Okay, whatever that was, and then. Um, I fixed it through the for, through the proper uh, um, instructions well, from Randy and Amir. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this was just a challenge. I know we didn't really get into too much, but listen, go to healthgauge.com. Tim Daniels is the guy. I'll be, are you going to still be good for an hour from now? I am. Sure. You sure? Let's do it. Okay. I am. Well, we'll catch up. All my best to you, my friend. Thanks. That was great. And to you guys, too. That's Tim Daniels, HealthGage.com, for all your HealthGage needs. HealthGage, by the way, and we can't get into it now because we're out of time, but just also is working on, and we'll talk about this next time, some self-test technology that's going to make it a lot easier for all of us. uh, And we'll explain. We've talked about it a little bit, but we'll get into it next time. Thanks, Timmy. Cheers, guys. You're a good man. There's Tim Daniels. Guys, originally. Thanks, Tim. Good to see you, you, buddy. There's a difference between him and I. He's originally from Moose Jaw. I'm originally from Moose Jaw. Right. I ended up here. He's in Florida. You know, something he mentioned, and I remember this. Maybe this shows my age, or maybe they had this in Moose Jaw as well. I remember the doctor coming to the house with his bag. Oh, yeah, same with me. A couple, couple of times sick as a kid, Dr. Giblin would actually walk in the front door. Can you imagine that? We lived on the same street, and my brothers, if one of them mm-hmm. hears this, I think our doctors were actually South Africans. The Bromleys were our doctors. Mm-hmm. And when I was sick, Dr. Bromley would come over with his black uh-huh. doctor's bag and Doc check Bromley. you out. Dr. Bromley. You better call Doc Bromley. Sarah, Sarah, can you get me Doc Bromley? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Cause <laughs> that, be a party line. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, <laughs> Junction 936, get me the Bromleys. One other thing through all this, go. wouldn't it be great if they found out the best test for a man was a hand job? What, the COVID test? Yeah. yeah. They somehow, they figured out that, hey, yeah, if you want to find out you have COVID, you yeah. need it. You and if you can't get a boner, you're negative, yeah. you're positive. Something like one this. Of those, something yeah. like this. Happened. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Boone, could you test Fred dream. for... Hey, can Boone, <laughs> can you test Fred for COVID for me? <laughs> it's part of my new job description. <laughs> that's right. Give it a little handy. And uh, people think it's glorious working for home. That's right. Yeah, Fred just got <laughs> tested by Boone. It's not gay if you're doing it just for COVID. <laughs> How are you feeling, Boone? You look a little tired there today. Oh, no, it's just the kids are home again for a couple of weeks. And oh, it shit. Just disrupts. Well, yeah, and it sucks. It does suck. And again, I know people have real problems. Like there's people on a ventilator right now, so I'm hesitant to bitch about this. But mm-hmm. I wish I had dropped these kids off. At the, we have the four school care. I usually have them already there, and I'm, I'm here, and it's an empty house. And today... They're just everywhere, and it's chaotic, and they're online learning, and it's a shit show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a good thing they're beautiful, healthy, I mean, they are beautiful, but you know, healthy, fabulous children. Are you? Uh, so I, I can't. I've lost track. Do you have COVID? I've never had it. Uh, I've never even been tested. Yeah, I've had four uh, I've tests felt, now. You've been tested because you traveled a lot, but and, and I and I did the self test at home on. Uh, Christmas Day before Rachel and I went to see her parents, we just tested because right. we'd been around my kids or Spencer and and, and my kids did get because t- they brought home each kid at least the youngest three each brought home five rapid tests so they've been doing this 
regularly. And my wife took a couple because she felt like she had some symptoms at some point last week. But uh, we've never had a positive test in the household. And uh, we're just keeping on, keeping on. I'm just nice. being sensible. I'm triple vaxxed like you guys. And <laughs> Freddie, are you all done everything you need to do today? Because I'm done too. No Bodog. Okay, so before we get this, this, this uh, Toronto Mike appearance is brought to you by Bodog. Mm-hmm. Uh, have the, can you throw some Bodog odds down for us? What's going on? Well, you know, I'm not going to give you odds today because it's pretty quiet uh, on the uh, sports front, actually, with games that uh, our listeners might be interested in. Again, Leafs don't play again to the weekend, and the NFL is, uh, you know, no Thursday night game this week. Although, I, and I'm, I, I'm not looking at the site. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot, but okay. I'm pretty sure if you want to, if you want to bet on the PGA Tour first uh, official tournament of the 2022 calendar year, but it's part of the wraparound season. Right. So they they start again tonight, and they are. Uh, this happened quite recently that you can actually bet on PGA Tour golf, all kinds of stuff. But I'm sure Bodog covers that as well. Yes, they do. Yeah. I'm just clicking through right now. And uh, Justin Thomas seems to be uh, the favorite. Yeah, well, that's Tiger's. Buddy. Does that sound right? Yep, that would be uh, would be about right. And he's uh, Tiger's best pal, Justin mm-hmm. Thomas. Yeah, he's like the little brother Tiger never had. Then John Rom, and then Colin uh, Colin Morikawa. Yeah, Bryson DeChambeau. And it's great for me because it's Thursday night. I got nothing else to do. I got no commitments. I got no Rachel. I got no kids. As soon as I woke up this morning, it's 5.15. I look at my phone. I go right to the golf channel. What time does the Hawaii tournament start? 6 p.m. Popcorn, spits, fake beer. Yeah, man. (laughs) Very excited. I am. Mm. Look at beautiful vistas from Hawaii. Well, that's why I'll watch. That's beautiful, man. Living and, the and life. That's a, it's a beautiful thing about that sport. I, you mentioned the Vistas. I'll sit there and I'll watch it tonight. And again, I'm a shitty golfer, but I can put myself in that position of being in a nice climate in the winter playing golf. You know what I'm saying? Mike, what were you it's, saying there, pal? I do. It's, probably, it's not going to happen this winter, probably, but... Uh, that's what I love about it. You can put yourself in that position because you actually play the game. It's yeah. uh, cool. Mm-hmm. No, I just love that this uh, makes ha- Howard so happy. Like the fact that <laughs> it is it's true. Like, like it just—it's glorious that something like that makes you happy. There are so many chasing happiness. Like they're just—they can't find it. They're searching everywhere. Meanwhile, it's just turn on the television. It's so simple. Well, I, I think that goes to how simple I, I've made things. You know, like because I—I I don't often watch tournaments until sunday afternoon unless it's a major but because i literally have no other commitment tonight i'll be watching it you know i, I usually don't turn the tv on until seven o'clock so i some some point between six thirty and 7 i'll start watching it because i tape it um so we're all done now what oh yes well, well let me just mention that bow dog yes right? please they've been pro- they've been providing canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994 sports betters horse racing uh, casino poker player it's all there including as we just revealed golf bow dog Love it. Hey, a um, couple of quick, quick By the way, notes. quickly, uh, sorry, Mike. Uh, Dan Duran just sent us a note um, when you asked about can Trump get another two terms. Uh, yes. According to Dan, no person shall be elected to the office of president more than twice. So you're only getting two times. 
even if yeah. it's separated. Oh, by, if, it's, uh, if it's staggered right yeah. now. Okay. I'm sorry, Mike, cool. go ahead. That's, sorry, I just had to mention really that. Really quickly, uh, the Aliens guy, there's a guy, yeah. an independent filmmaker, has evidence of aliens, and uh, he's really sorry. He had some... He was traveling, and there was some backup with his schedule, and he screwed up, and he's begged to come back, and we're going to bring him back in early February to tell his story. Fantastic. I think it'll be interesting. Whether, you know, we were joking about it yesterday. Fred doesn't believe it. I do believe it. Whatever. But it would be good conversation. I didn't say I didn't believe it. You did. Don't misrepresent me. Whatever. Okay. I'm not a denier. You're a super denier. He's a skeptic. Yeah. Are you a skeptic? Well, it's just I want a little more proof before I want to yeah. concern okay. myself with it. That's all. That's sure. all. Um, uh, secondly, uh, so I searched my Gmail for the word Zeisberger, mm-hmm. but apparently uh, sometimes I spell it Z-E-I, and other times I spell it Z-I-E. Therefore, I thought it had been a year, but it turns out, yes, we had him in the summer. It's all right, man. You know what? Yeah, because I remember him in his backyard. I, I vividly remember that now. Right. Yeah. And I, even as I was reading that, Booner, I knew that it's... It, when I saw he was on the schedule, I, I had this sense that he'd been on. But when I saw it said a year ago, I'm like, all right, Boone's keeping so track of this. I'm not. I searched the show notes, and I spelled it the wrong way That's in the right. summer. Therefore, it never came up in the search. But um, he was great. I love that guy in your show because he gets humble and fred that guy gets he's a good it. man zacy um also great response i'm not sure if you've seen it but i we've gotten lots of emails lots of response to number one in 97 25 years big later big hit and huge for us and um I, it was good I, i'm i'm glad it worked out and and i really enjoyed doing it it was fun for us if you haven't mm-hmm. heard it it's still available for download you know, a lot of people don't, they don't download every show, but if you haven't yet, or maybe you get, you subscribe to it, but you haven't actually listened to it yet, I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, what a week we've got coming up next week. It's almost like I wish it was next week already because it's just exciting. Well, you know, in the world of podcasting, people don't know this, but next week is sweeps week in the world of podcasting. Oh, is it? Is it really? Is it? We brought out the A-listers. Okay. You ready for this? Everybody sitting down. Let's do it. So Monday, perfect timing, one year ago today, you know what happened, but we're going to talk with Noel Kassler. So it's his monthly appearance, Noel Kassler. Right. Yeah, the and fallout from Tuesday, January 6th, it'll be good to talk to him about that. Yeah, well, he's, you know, he's always good. I love his appearances. And uh, Tuesday, it's, you promoted this last week thinking it was like last Tuesday, but it's actually t- uh, next Tuesday, which is Julie Adam. And before you speak to that, I'll just say, I met her at your, you had a party for your 100th episode. That's right. It was a right. great party. And I met her there. She was a big supporter of the show. It'll be great to get her back. She gave us a, an actual plaque that she had had created. She had created for us, commemorating our 100th episode. And, to, and on Tuesday, what I'll do for you Facebook nerds is I'll take a picture of it. And then Mike and I will put it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can see exactly we were excited when we got to episode 100. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, she's written a book. Again, another one of those achievers, right? She runs a big empire, radio empire, and has time to write a book. Jesus. And it ain't a kid's book. Mm. And she's uh, infamous in Toronto radio circles for being uh, the one who let Aaron Davis go. And That's then right. Realized I, uh, she fucked up. <laughs> we, and if you go back in the archives, somewhere there's a show with us talking to her about that move. But she was great, man. She apologized and she mm-hmm. hired Aaron back for millions of dollars and mm-hmm. put us on some websites. Uh, what else? <laughs> what okay, else? So, what else, Mike? You asked me about if I ever 
you know, have I got COVID yet? And the answer is not yet. But of course, Omicron is everywhere. And there's great debate, like our hospital rooms over. Like, like, is this lockdown too much? Dr. Brian Goldman, mm-hmm. not only is he an emergency room physician, but he's the host of uh, a, a podcast called the, the Dose. And he's also got a black coat, white, white coat, black art on CBC. He's coming on Wednesday to answer any and all questions about this variant and what's next and the everything in the hospitals, everything. He's the man. Fantastic, my friend. And then, of course, winding out or winding down or whatever. Well, the big guest on Thursday, of course, is yours truly. I'll return for my uh, my weekly. Just oh, kidding. is that it, uh, Boone? In one uh, week till you're back? Bob McCowan, the Bobcat, is our guest on Thursday. Nice. Right on. Yes. Bob, be a, a friend of the show, and we'll catch up with him because his show now is on Sirius XM, and uh, I believe still. And he's still plugging away, I see, on a daily basis. Good for him. You guys should be there. Have you considered Sirius XM as a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about, about a nitwit brigade? Mm hmm. <laughs> yes, actually, that's my favorite stuff on Humble and Fred, when you guys do that, that inside baseball uh, telling it like <laughs> oh, it is. Jesus. Yeah, man. <laughs> they're, still, they're still down there banging into each other. But anyway, good on them. <laughs> well, let Bobcat know you're a big fan of the, mm-hmm. uh, of the, of the station. Well, that sounds great, Michael uh, Michael Boone. Thank you very much. Oh, the full Christian name. I love it. <laughs> What's and, his uh, name, Michael Boone? He said Michael. I said Aww. Michael Boone. Okay, remember it's Toronto Mike. That's the 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 the, the no. I, we we rarely refer to you as anything but Toronto Mike. And um, my wife told me she received the email. You uh, celebrating her bark? Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm going through the granola is amazing too. I mean, no, the granola is yeah. ridiculous. So so Howard, I get a phone. I got call. mine swiped. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, I, I heard your GFR mm-hmm. took GFR it. took my granola. No one's taking my granola, but I got a phone call from Freddie P, which is not unusual. And I'm, hey, Freddie P. And he's like, I'm in your driveway. What a surprise. Like, you just never think that person who's calling mm. you, you think he's in Brampton or whatever. He's in my driveway. I had granola and bark, and it was the just the best. So thank you. Well, that's a very special thing he did for you. <laughs> but if you were really special, you would have also got the banana bread. No, I didn't. I don't rank banana that Banana bread, yet. man. I'm climbing the ladder. God Maybe damn it. So I gave, well, I didn't give it. She swiped my granola. I gave Spencer my bark because I wanted her to feel better. Mm. I gave her some COVID bark and all that. But I didn't, like, I, I tell you, I did update? not give away the fucking banana bread. You'll be prying that from my cold, dead hands. Mike, uh, you know. Watch yourself over the next year. Do what uh, you're supposed to do. Be a good lad, and you might oh. get some uh, banana bread next year. Yeah. Uh, well, mm-hmm. at the very least, if you give Fred a hand job to see if he's got COVID, yeah. you're going to get some. I got hand job, and also <laughs> Freddie P loved that Dwayne Gretzky special so much. Uh, oh, we got the yeah. two main guys from Dwayne Gretzky booked. They're coming Dude, on the show. Have we oh, not fantastic. had them on before? No. I have no memory of Dwayne Gretzky on the show. No, I know so we've talked both, about him though. They're both coming on? Yeah, they're coming on to get, uh, together, yeah. W- when's that? Uh, you have to vamp for me here. I got to find okay, it. Okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, that'll be, you know, that's a, there's a great little story behind those guys. It'll be fun. But we the should do some research on our own and find out, because we've talked about this band. Either you and I have talked about it, we've talked oh, yeah. about it on the show. Yeah, you, for years. Sure. For years. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I actually I saw them for the first time. I went to see this like reunion of the 1985 Blue Jays. It was a game at the Dome, and I wanted you know my boy George Bell was there signing autographs, and it was exciting. And I, Dwayne Gretzky played like at I don't know they did a whole thing, and they were oh, yeah. they were they were great. It's like. Uh, and Nick and Tyler are booked for the 26th of January. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Good guys. And uh, their New Year's Eve special again this year was fantastic. And I've never seen them live, but Buddy Darren, Dan Duran, my son, you know, <laughs> the live show apparently is spectacular. They have a repertoire of hundreds of cover songs they do. Fantastic. Will they be performing uh, during this appearance? Uh, not the not the plan at this time. If you wanted, I could ask, but it's oh, right. kind of a big ensemble. No, I know they do. It's a big show. Howard, you'd be better off just playing. Yeah, man. Tunes that morning. You know, I was I I searched them on Spotify the other day. They do a cover of uh, "I'm Not in Love." You Hold know on. that song by Ten CC. No, I don't know that song. Of course, Fuck, not. it's good. It's fucking good, man. Dwayne, okay, Dwayne Gretzky. Dwayne you know they're a cover band, right? So yeah, they that's you know. Yeah, but no, they do, they're good at the Springsteen. I find they do a really good job of doing those big, big oh, thrilling like Springsteen anthems. Dancing in the dark, they do a great job. Of Here's uh, Dwayne Gretzky and Dancing in the Dark, Humble and Fred Radio. talked about it i've gone and because there's a bunch of women in the band they play trumpet oh. the, 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 uh, yeah 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 the voice of angels the women in that band I'll yeah that. i remember this now i've seen yeah. we talked about it fairly recently because i now have a re- memory of going to watch some of their videos this is the uh their version of i'm not in love by 10 cc for your midday drive it's humble and fred on chfi i'll just keep talking until they do the weather. Who did middays at Chum FM? I'm Ingrid Schermacher or whatever. It is 10cc Chum FM. I'm Ingrid Handwacker. What's that? <laughs> What'd you say? I'm Ingrid Handwacker. Would you like a test? <laughs> it's just a silly face. They're talking about a fucking lineup. If it was hand jobs, it'd be a lineup from here to Brampton. Hey, did you hear the new COVID test? Yeah, they give you a hand job. <laughs> Fuck, it's awesome. Hang on, here's I'm on Wow, these guys are good. I'm not in love. No, no. Well, looking very forward to them uh, when they're booked later in this month. My Mike Toronto Mike, everyone, uh, producer Humble and Fred Radio. Two fun facts, real quick. Ingrid, yeah. Ingrid Schumacher was married to an original member of Blue Rodeo. Oh, what? Yeah. And then he quit the band just before they broke with outskirts. He quit the band to become a postal employee because oh. he thought that was a better. And, you know, at the time, it made yeah, it sense. Like a, yeah, sure. It's like us not <laughs> buying a fucking Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's your fun fact. Uh, and, a second fun, and a second fun fact is that Dancing in the Dark is the biggest billboard hit of Bruce Springsteen's career. Yeah. Oh, I'm not surprised. And you know who's in the video? 
Courtney Cox. Courtney. Yeah. Courtney. Yeah, two. He's never hit number one as a singer, only as a songwriter. Hmm. Huh. And Thank can you, you name that. a song that went to number one that was written by Bruce Springsteen? Uh, it was by... Um, Same trivia. What was her name? No, that didn't go to number one. I know what you're thinking. Uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, one of the Pointer Sisters did Fire, I think. Oh, yeah. No, not a, top, not a number one. Only one Bruce Springsteen written song has gone to number one. What's that? Blinded by the light. Oh, yeah. Man for Man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny... Not funny, but interesting because I played "Blinded by the Light" when it first came out. Came out in the seventies on seventies, you know, top forty radio. This was a huge song, number one, number one. But never, I, I didn't know at the time because you know we didn't play records. We played, you know, sort of eight tracks. If I've described this, they're called carts. So on the cart, it just said "Blind," you know, "Blinded by the Light." It doesn't say who wrote it. There's no album that you ever physically touch. And then when I heard Springsteen's version, I didn't like it as good. You know what I mean? Generally, I was never big on this song. I mean, I, I totally respect its achievements and everything, but I was never a fan of the song. Yeah. As long as you respect it. Well, and here's I, what I liked I, about the song is it gave me seven minutes to do some shit. Six, you know, it's seven minutes long. I could go have a lunch, get a hand job, see if I had syphilis. That's how they did it through the years. <laughs> It's a very, it's a, it's a little known fact, but that's how they do it, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Should we play uh, Springsteen's version of this? Yeah, just remember that album, that's a debut album of Bruce Springsteen, and it was completed, and Clive Davis said, we need a, we need a hit, and basically told Bruce to go write a hit before we release this album, and Blinded by the Light is Bruce Springsteen trying to write a hit. Of course, it wasn't a hit, but eventually for Man for Man and the Earth Band or whatever they were called, it went to number one. Yeah, well... I feel like we're kicking out the jams right now. I'm very excited. But, this is Spring, but Springsteen's version is a real Springsteen version of his own song. Just goes to show you, and we've been talking a lot about Beatles production and Rick Rubin, the producer. It just goes to show you that a producer can really make a difference in how they make, how their vision impacts the song. Because, you know, somebody, I don't know who produced the Manford Man song, but he heard whoever it was, maybe it was Manford Man, heard this song and went, oh, let's turn it into this other thing. Well, I just think that's super profound. Uh, anyway, it is. I don't think. <laughs> no, it is. It's all that. No, I'm sitting here shaking my head like a grain. It's uh, fascinating how that stuff works. You know how certain ears hear certain things. And yeah. And you know McCartney talking about how livid. One of the thing. One of the things that contributed to the end of the Beatles was McCartney talking about how livid he was when he heard the version that we all heard originally of The Long and Winding Road, how much he fucking hated it because Phil Spector took it mm-hmm. and made it all these strings. And, and, you know, it's a song that we all grew up listening to, but when you hear mm-hmm. the, the stripped-down version, it sounds nothing like the flowery orchestral, you know, song that we all know. So that's the first thing Spectre killed. Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the first thing of many. Fucking, uh, is he, another, is he another, in jail or is he dead? I can't remember. He, dead. he died, I think. He died, all Didn't right. Didn't he? 
Yeah, jail then dead. It was yeah. in that order. Recently he died, I believe. Yeah, like last year, I think. Yeah, speaking yeah. of that, um, I saw a meme, or a meme? Is it a meme? Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a picture of Jeffrey Epstein next to Gislaine Maxwell, and it just mm-hmm. said, finish my sentence. <laughs> yeah, finish each other's finish sentences. Finish each other's sentences. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Great. I fucked up. <laughs> That's great. And a quick, uh, another hit that was written by Springsteen that Springsteen literally gave to an... Uh, gave to patty smith he handed over because the yeah. night yeah. and she had a hit with because the night now that was part of that what was that documentary thing we were watching what was that i was on one of those guys it might have been on um david geffen or you know there was that documentary with uh, dr dre and jimmy iovine that was out on netflix you guys seen it it's fantastic um and somehow this was in there this is a springsteen song love this song Yeah, Jimmy Iovine, part of that documentary I mentioned, I can't remember the name of it, he produced Bruce Springsteen, and because his association with Springsteen, he was a champion of uh, Patti Smith. Not everyone loved her stuff back in the 70s. She's known as the godmother of punk. Like yeah. She was not a commercial, no commercial success except for a couple except of Except this song, yeah. This and Gloria, she had a kind of a... Yeah. Okay, well, I think we should wind this down because we're as soon we have to have our weekly meeting with Boone. I, I, we're still recording. Does anyone know that? I'm loving this. I, uh, I could do. do this for hours. I know you love this shit. We were punting the jams or something. Yeah, right? we're kicking, kicking out, out the, the jams. You both yeah. kicked out the jams. I've kicked out jams. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I got to. I, I, I know, Mike. How old is your? Have you taken who? Your daughter, the older one. Does she start to drive you? She's got her yeah. She's got the second level, so she can she can drive, but she no zero alcohol right, allowed. Right. She can drive like on her own. Yeah, all the time. She drove to Waterloo to pick up my oldest uh, last. How week. old is she? She is going to be eighteen in the summer, so she's seventeen point. And she can full on drive. <clears throat> yeah, because Spencer, <laughs> Spencer That's just. A pro- that's a bit nerve wracking. Yeah, oh, I was just going to say Spencer's uh-huh. got through all her driver training their driver training and is about to take the test soon that will allow them to drive. But I drove with uh, Spencer and Charlie on the 28th. The girls, they had stayed with me. And then I said, okay, let's let Spencer drive home. All city streets. Right. And they did fine. You know, it's not like it used to be when I'd sit there in the passenger seat you know, thinking we were going to die. Right. But there were a couple instances where, you know, somebody was parallel parking and the car in front of Spencer went around that person into a live lane. Right. Which is against the law. Right. And then Spencer followed that person. And that kind of like unnerved me a bit because she, she almost hit the car that was parallel parking. Oh, 
I but I tried not. She, fo- she followed that car like like your dad all the way to Hamilton to give them shit. <laughs> Right. No, not quite. But but okay. the, but what? Yeah, but what was I? And, and was, I tried not to freak out. That's the point of this: is I tried to be calm about it because I didn't want her to be upset. Right. But I just said, you know, it's it's not only against the law to do what you just did, but it's also good etiquette. Just let the person park, and then when it's when they're finished, you know, people are so impatient. It happens to me all the time. I'm I'm pal- parallel parking, and people are just going around you. It's like give me one second. No, mm-hmm. I remember like when you because my two oldest have their licenses, but I remember when you did all those drives when you were they were learning that it's kind of like teaching them all because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean right. you should do it. Like because everyone else is you realize as you're doing these drives of them that everyone else is just fucking breaking the law and doing constantly. Shit. <laughs> it's like no. It's funny Don't. you say that because you you forget what is against the rules until you're driving with somebody who's driving by all the rules. You know, stopping right. at the stop sign. The rules yeah. are you're supposed to see the stop sign in your right r- right windshield. But I must do that. We're all well, past and, it. And the big one is only one car can enter the intersection at a time. Like if you're making a left hand turn, yes, only one at a time. I've, in real life, no one does this. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> and and they don't. You know, and cops let that one go too. I for whatever reason, you know, because it, it you know every left hand turn at every intersection in the city today, yeah. there will be two or three cars it's, up it's against for, each other. You know, you know the the you know another courtesy thing that seems to be lost in a lot of people is who get, who has the right of way. Yeah, like I'm in Costco. You know, the main entrance to Costco as you drive down that, you have the right of way in front of the people coming out of the parking lanes, right? And it's weird. This guy just pulled right in front of me the other day and was like fucking ir- screaming at me yeah. that I didn't stop for him to get out. I didn't even see the guy. Mm. But there's so many of those situations where the right of way is a basic thing that people are lost on, like driving in the left lane. Yeah, and, people and, forget as, that. As a, as a cyclist on Toronto streets every single day, I'll just say uh, the number of cars that run red lights is too damn high. Yeah. Yes. Notice, as a cyclist, you just assume because you want to live. I want to survive. I assume every car is running that fucking red, and I'm most of the time I'm right. <laughs> the other thing that you know, first of all, crossing a, a, a solid line, as as mm-hmm. Spencer did in that case, is right. not only dangerous; it's against the law. But I'll tell you another thing: people that make left hand turns across t- solid lines mm-hmm. into a store or to a parking lot is just like if mm-hmm. you'd fail. There, there are several things that happen every day. You'd see people do they they would fail their driver's test. And the reason cops let that go, Fred, is in a city like this, if you don't have two or three cars in the intersection making that left, mm-hmm. the flow of traffic just gets stopped. Oh, I'm sure. Um, by the way, I just read here that Shoppers Drug Mart is offering hand job testing uh, today. You can go check out their website Ooh. to avoid the lineups at Shoppers. Or Ooh, the, the My pharmacist is quite the honey. I'm going to whip right over there and get my... Uh, yeah, test. that's I'm, what everyone. I'm asymptomatic, but I'll, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, right. I'll, I'll, pre- I'll go in coffin. I'll it's go like, in coffin. Yeah. <laughs> every every day you go in there, sir, sir, you don't have COVID. I know, but I have a boner. What's that a sign of? <laughs> boner nineteen. <laughs> oh, this episode. Oh, we got to go now. Dan Duran's ready to do his thing. 
All right. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, like the that. Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Player, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and I endorse this broadcast. All right, everyone. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.